أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين And welcome to the Scale of Wisdom podcast brought to you by the Batul Foundation. In this episode we're going to speak about the pilgrimage, Al-Hajj. And the pilgrimage to Mecca to perform the rites of Hajj is one of the cornerstones of this religion. A journey that a person should take at least once in their lifetime if they are able to is one of the best forms of spiritual retreat and a way in which a person can reform and redefine themselves. And the rite of Hajj is something legislated from the time of Prophet Ibrahim And while the Christians and the Jews left Hajj, the polytheists of Mecca continued to perform it. And that is why even the polytheists would call somebody who didn't perform Hajj but was able to do so, a Jew or a Christian when they died. So they would say about someone that they died as a Jew or a Christian if they didn't perform Hajj in their lifetime. And the Holy Prophet ﷺ revived the Hajj for the Muslimin, and of course now it is widely practiced in the Muslim world. The section on pilgrimage in Mizan al-Hikmah starts with the legislation of Hajj and its virtue. In the Holy Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And it is the duty of mankind towards Allah to make pilgrimage to the house for those who can afford to journey to it. And so one of the conditions of Hajj is that a person should be able to do it. Because it is a journey that requires preparation, that requires separation, and that in many people's lives such conditions maybe are not that easy to come across, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not put that obligation upon those people who cannot go for Hajj. So for example, If there is a worldwide disease and the borders of Hajj are closed, then it is not obligatory on the Muslimin to perform Hajj from outside of the country because they're not able to go for Hajj. And likewise, if somebody is in a financial situation where they can't leave, then again, they are not required to go for Hajj. It is not obligatory upon them to go for Hajj. But if in a time in their lives they were able to go for Hajj and they still didn't go, the obligation to go for Hajj still remains for them even if later on they are unable to go. In the next verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And proclaim the Hajj to the people. They shall come to you on foot and lean camels from distant places. So this is the verse that explains to us the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Ibrahim alayhi salam to call people for the Hajj. And in the final verse, And complete the Hajj and the Umrah for Allah's sake. Imam Ali salam is reported to have said in his will at the time of his demise, I exhort you by Allah, by Allah, to take care of the house of your Lord. Do not leave it empty for as long as you live, for if it is deserted, you will be given no respite. So it is important for the Muslimin to pay attention to Masjid al-Haram and to make sure that it is not empty of worshippers at any time. Imam Ali salam is also reported to have said, The pilgrimage is the jihad of every weak person. So there are some people that are unable to go for war and are unable to fight for the Muslim community. So instead of them fighting, the effort that they must exert is to go for Hajj. Imam Ali is also reported to have said, Spending one dirham in charity during pilgrimage equals 1,000 dirhams. So the Hajj is a blessed journey. And upon that journey, if somebody gives charity out of those limited provisions that they take with them, then that is great in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Ali alayhi salam is also reported to have said, Those who go to Makkah for obligatory and voluntary pilgrimage 
for Hajj and Umrah are the guests of Allah and his gift to them is forgiveness. So this is one of the benefits that a person reaps from going to Hajj or Umrah and that is that they are forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next subsection speaks about the philosophy of pilgrimage. Imam Ali alayhi salam is reported to have said, And he made obligatory for you the pilgrimage to his sacred house, which he made the qibla for all people. They come to it like the cattle coming to water, and eagerly turn to it like the birds eagerly returning to their nest. He, glory be to him, made it a sign of their humility before his greatness, and their yielding to his might. So one of the philosophies of Hajj, and the reason why Hajj is something that is obligatory on each and every Muslim, if they are able to go, is that for a believer, it is a return to the original nest of Islam. And that returning to a nest, or that coming to water, is something that induces calm within the Muslim, as well as many many different kind of realizations that come to them. Because human beings need to feel a connection, and part of feeling that connection is to go to the birthplace of Islam, and through that pilgrimage of moving away from their comforts and their idea of normality, they are able to reconnect with themselves and reconnect with their religion, reconnect with their religion and reconnect with their Lord. Imam Zayn al-Abidin is reported to have said, Perform the Hajj and the Umrah so that your bodies become healthy, your sustenance expanded and your faith improved and suffice yourself with the expenses of people and the expenses of your families. And Imam al-Baqir is reported to have said, Pilgrimage calms the hearts. And part of that of course is linked to the other hadith that we've spoken about which likens the pilgrimage as a kind of return back. Imam al-Sadiq is reported to have said, And this is the house by which Allah has demanded the devotion of his creatures to test their obedience in their coming to it. So he prompted them to glorify it and visit it. He made it the station of the prophets and the focal point for those who pray to him. It is a branch of his good pleasure and a way that leads to his forgiveness, founded on absolute perfection and ultimate grandeur. So here is another philosophy of the pilgrimage, and that is that it is a test of obedience. Because of the difficulty that is involved, the money that has to be spent, the time that has to be taken out, going for Hajj is something that is not necessarily easy, despite the vast benefits that it has. And so it is a test of obedience to see if somebody will go on Hajj. And of course, if they pass that test and they go for the Hajj, then there are many things waiting for them there, including the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Sadiq is also reported to have said, There is no place dearer to Allah Most High than the Mas'ah, which is the place running between the Mounts of Safa and Marwa in Masjid al-Haram. For every overbearing person is lowered and debased before him there. So this hadith explains a certain place in Masjid al-Haram which is where the believer moves between the mounts of Safa and Marwa. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves this place because it is a place in which people lower themselves and are humble in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In their remembrance of the act of Hajar who was the wife of Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam when she ran between these two mounts searching for water for her son Ismail. And of course in the same way all human beings are in complete need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they remember that need when they're in this place. And of course all of the rituals of Hajj have got many different levels and different categories of believers concentrate on different aspects of those levels when performing Hajj. 
But one of the most important cornerstones when performing Hajj and when performing any act of obedience is to increase one's humbleness. Imam al-Ridha is reported to have said, If someone asks why he commanded the pilgrimage, it is answered, In order for people to perform the journey to Allah, mighty and exalted, and ask for increase. In addition to the benefits it has of understanding religion and relating the reports of the Imams to every side and region. So here again we can see that the benefit of Hajj is to make that journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that spiritual reformation and that spiritual increase. And aside from that, especially in times gone by, traveling for the Hajj and traveling to the center and the birthplace of Islam was also an opportunity for people to gain more knowledge about Islam and indeed to visit the infallibles, to visit the Imams who usually lived in Medina and would usually also come for the Hajj. So the Shia would have a chance to meet the Imams and to learn from them. And that of course was a great benefit at that time. The next subsection speaks about how pilgrimage repels poverty. The Holy Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said, Pilgrimage repels poverty. And these kind of traditions are important in order to further encourage the believers to go for Hajj and to not worry about the material loss that they will face in doing so. Imam Sadiq is reported to have said, He who goes to perform the obligatory Hajj three times will never be afflicted with poverty. And Imam Sadiq is also reported to have said, I have never seen anything faster at attracting wealth and at repelling poverty than habitual pilgrimage to his house. So this is one of the unseen keys that have been explained to us in the Ahadith. And that is that somebody who goes for Hajj often will not face poverty. Imam Sadiq is reported to have said when Ishaq bin Ammar said to him, I have made my mind to go for the pilgrimage every year, either personally or by sending one man of my household at my cost. The Imam asked, Are you determined to do that? He said yes. The Imam said, If you do that, then be certain of abundance in your wealth, and take glad tidings of abundance in your wealth. The next subsection speaks about that which completes the pilgrimage. Imam Ali is reported to have said, Complete your pilgrimage by visiting the Messenger of Allah When you leave to visit the house of Allah, for deserting it is unkind, and that is what you have been commanded to do, by observing the rites of the graves that Allah has made incumbent upon you to visit and ask for the increase in your sustenance thereat. So in this tradition, Imam Ali explains that leaving the house of Allah is something that is detested something that is not liked, something that is almost not befitting. But the way to correctly leave is to leave the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the way to visit the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. This, if you like, decreases the problematic nature of leaving the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at the same time, Amir al-Mu'mineen explains that this is what is meant by completing the Hajj. As we saw in the verse at the beginning of this chapter, and complete the Hajj and the Umrah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this aspect of completing the Hajj is going to visit the Holy Prophet sallallahu in Medina. Imam al-Baqir is reported to have said, The pilgrimage is completed by meeting the Imam. And of course that is for each time. 
And Imam al-Baqir is also reported to have said, Indeed people have been ordered to come to these stones, meaning here the edifice of the Kaaba, to circumambulate them, and then to come to us to inform us of their love and loyalty, and to declare their support for us. So this is how a person completes the Hajj. After visiting the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they should visit his vicegerent and pass their salam and their love. Inshallah, in the next episode, we will continue the topic of Hajj. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi al-tayyibin al-tahirin.